Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 83. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on? All you unstoppable restaurant professionals, you know who it is, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. You know how we do it, by listening to the stories and taking the advice from some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. I have a great show for you today. Like always, today's guest blew it out of the park. But before I hit play, I just want to take this opportunity for some gratitudes. Uh, I want to thank some of the people out there who took the time to give me a five-star review on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Uh, Those two people are Gabe DeSilva and Happy Hirsch. Uh, Thank you so, so much for your support. It goes so far with helping get the show recognized, those five-star reviews. Uh, really, my thanks can't go out enough. And uh, check out Gabe's podcast. He has a great show. He's been a past guest. Uh, his podcast is live. And uh, check it out, Restaurant Riches. It's, it's a good show. You guys need to check that out. And also, I would like to thank those folks who took the time to connect with me and tell me what they thought about the show. Um, special thanks to Eric Jason Martinez. For connecting with me on LinkedIn and uh, giving me some great leads. Uh, Look out if you're out there and you're listening. Josh Skeens of Saison. I'm coming after you. Going to try to get you on the show. And John Ballerston. I think I'm saying that right. He also goes by Johnny V. Look out, man. I'm coming after you to be my next guest mentors. So with that said, uh, enjoy today's show. Don't forget to connect with me. Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google+. I'm out there. Email me, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com. Here it is. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Mark Marino. Mark, are you ready to drop some big ol' bombs of restaurant knowledge? Eric, we're going to do the best that we can. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you're going to be amazing. Let me just give a quick introduction, and then I'll pass it over to you to elaborate. Mark is the founder of MM Restaurant Development. Mark is working all the time to find, share, deliver winning strategies, processes, and innovations. He is focused on coaching restaurant owners to build their brands from the inside out and achieve maximum economic value from their business. That's just a real quick introduction about what you're you're doing and who you are. Why don't you take us, you know, from the beginning, how did you get into this industry? How did you get to where you are today? And what do you got going on with your business? I think quick down and dirty is um, I was lucky enough or maybe unlucky enough to more or less be born into the restaurant business. My mother owned a restaurant trial by fire, get in here and start busting tables. You know, I think when I was probably like 10 or 12 years old, we, we knew how to carry glasses from the bottom and not from the top. <laughs> And we had, a, we had a lot of fun. She was actually in the hotel business as well. I remember doing, and probably in my teenage years, being able to have like buses of teenage 
you know, bands, high schools and stuff. And that was really actually pretty cool because you could show up and, you know, at the restaurant and everybody would look at you. Oh, you're cool. Do you work here? Does your mom own the place? You know, that kind yes. of stuff. But um, as things progressed on, I just I moved through the through the system, worked. Uh, I worked franchises. I worked uh, a lot of independents. And I think at some point I, I really dug. You know, that's an old word, but I really, really had huge respect for the independents and worked for some great ones. At some point, I decided to take a, a four-year break and join the Army. And that was pretty cool because when I went in, they asked me if I wanted to cook. And I said, no, I don't want to do anything but food business and use that to get my education. Got out of there. I started back in the restaurant business and eventually moved to the distributor side of the business. Stayed on the distributor side for close to 25 years and started... MM Restaurant Development about a little over a year and a half ago. Awesome. I mean, your background, um, I, I just noticed, I can't help but notice there's so much structure in the, the, the roads you took with franchises. There's a lot of structure. We can learn a lot from franchises. One thing they do really well is having those systems and procedures in place and those policies, which is really important. And then being in the Army, same thing, structure. And then I'm sure I'm not as familiar with the distribution side of things, but I'm sure there's a lot of organization and structure that goes in with that too. So do you think that has anything to do with your success, having that structure in your life? Yeah. You know, I kind of break it into two parts and um, specific to the restaurant side, the process that you talk about and the process and the structure that occurs within a franchise. Early on, I worked for a, um, a Wendy's franchise and I went from like a $600,000 a year unit to like a almost million and a half at yeah. that time. And that was a lot. And I think one of the things that was funny is just carrying the change almost broke your arm at the million and a half, but you learned. Mm -hmm. And when I went into the Army, I realized that it really wasn't the structure business as much as it is the people business. You provide process. You mix good process with good people. You have great outcomes. I get the process part and the, the what I like to call rote and, you know, step one, step two, step three. It's all important systems and process. Mm -hmm. Nothing's more important than what I learned about how to – and it isn't manage people. And I, you don't manage people. You manage things, process, and you lead people. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings is this isn't the, the B2C business or the C2C business. It's the P2P business, the people to people. And if you can get that down, you will do – some great things in the industry. So now that we got your story and we got to find out how you got to where you are today and what you got going on, before we uh, get any further into the interview, Mark, let me get a success or quote or maybe a mantra that you have that you apply to your life. What do you have for us? Okay, number one, for me, it's, it's deliver value first. Um, deliver every, every proposition should have value built in, not added later. It's kind of like um, I use it as a, as a uh, signature on my email all the time. You'll see it there. But far too often I see um, deals and offers, which are, are words that are around the industry. And having been with a sales organization for 25 years, selling only two independent restaurants, you can see the frustration on their face. When somebody shows up and shows them this wonderful thing, tells them how it's going to change their life, change their business, make them a million dollars, and then they find out that it that it doesn't, um, I prefer to go in and add some value to the customer to the restaurant experience first, and then we'll figure out what they need to buy. So it's not. I think the value first is 
let me offer you some value, regardless of whether or not we do business, you will receive value from this exchange. Do you have some quick examples of what you mean by value? Well, I think the value is is is, is your knowledge, your expertise, um, your skills, and your ability essentially to establish a rapport. Um, establishing a rapport for me is being able to um, – instantly, almost instantly, the restaurateur realizes that I've walked in their shoes and I understand their predicaments. So, I mean, that part is there are so many people, um, you don't even want to get started on the technology side of the business um, as it's being pushed out towards restaurants. But there's too many people that see restaurants as you know, another mark, another lead, Mm -hmm. um, another target. And I think one of the one of the things I probably hated the most in my entire sales life was calling somebody a target. Because after four years of being in the Army, we understood the target something quite different than a lead or a prospect. Yeah. Awesome. I love it so much. Um, and just so valuable to you know focus on the value. And with, like as consumers, you don't buy food. You don't buy um, experience. You buy benefits and value. Like am I – is you know – the money that I'm putting forward, am I getting the return? Am I getting that value? And that's what people, they need to have that feeling. They need to feel like they're getting their money's worth and that they're having the value they're investing in. So, um, so, so valuable, such great advice. Um, so now that we, you know, got that motivational ball going, we learned a little bit about you. I would love to find out what it is about you that makes you successful. So can you give us your it factors? What qualities you have that you think contribute to your success? I think one of the uh, the number one quality um, that I have is the empathy, and the empathy, you know, in, empathic listening, listening to people, and it goes back to essentially why do people want to engage with you in any sort of a business, and it's because they feel like, or they need to feel like, they're getting value out of that equation. Um, you know, we always used to talk about one plus one equals three, um, you know, in, in a synergistic relationship or whatever. But if, if, if you're dealing with people and they're, you're not telling them what it, what it is and you're helping them to understand what it does, then you're going more towards a needs base. What is their true need? They don't really need another cheap oil. They don't really need another POS that, that causes problems. They don't really need, uh, a far fangled, uh, you know, whether it's uh, deals and coupons. And so this, I guess to go to your point, what makes me unique? I think it's what I like to refer to as brutal honesty. You know, it, it, in fact, I never, I always like to tell people, people will say sometimes, you'll hear it in conversation, well, let me be honest with you. And I, when they say that to me, I look at them and I go, no, lie to me. Because you should be honest anyway. Um, honesty is a one word. There's only one standard of honesty, integrity. Mm-hmm. Integrity is one of those values that, you know, you do what you say, when, you, when you're going to do it, but you are who you are. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those, um, you'll hear me talk more, more about the intangibles than the tangibles. Absolutely. And, you know, this is such an intangible industry. And what I hear when I hear you say brutal honesty, integrity – is transparency. If you aren't bullshitting people, they can tell. And that just makes, that's how you build rapport. And that's how you get trust in people and not, you know, trust is just so important today. And those social 
interactions, anything to do with, like you say, the intangibles is how you build upon uh, relationships and get those loyal customers. And uh, I think that's just so important in this industry. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, a lot of times when I'm engage when I engage with someone that I hadn't talked to right away, and I start to, you know, uh, essentially conduct the interview and find out what their needs are, um, you know, I, in many ways I feel like I'm good at the delivery. Mm-hmm. But what's funny about the delivery or the presentation is the customer, if it's a nice, smooth, even flow, the customer recognizes that as wow. This is a professional salesperson. Yeah. Salespeople turn me off. Yeah. yeah. So I generally look at them and say, okay, listen, I've spent 25 years of my life in sales, guilty as charged. Let's get that out of the way. Now, what makes me different? Mm-hmm. I'm not here to sell you, I'm here to help you achieve value from your business, offer insights, offer processes, offer solutions, whatever it is. But my, I'm only successful. If you win, I love it, man. Awesome stuff. So let's talk about um, how these strengths you have, these it factors, your empathy, your brutal honesty. Let's take a time that you applied those factors into um, a story in your life and how you became successful because of it. Well, I think one of uh, this is a good example. A lot of restaurateurs will probably understand this. Um, I had a situation with with a customer that um, I, I I was more of a go between in bringing his business on board, and he used the relationship previous relationship he had with me to more or less carte blanche check it off and and move that business from distributor A to to us. Mm-hmm. Um, thirty days, thirty five days into the process, I got a call from him, and he said, "Hey, there's I think there's some problem with my pricing." And I said, I will definitely check it out. So I took everything he bought for the for the period of time, and I determined that we owed him about $2,100 in credit. Uh, I promised to call him back within 24 hours. I called him back. I said, you're right. We owe you $2,400, whatever that amount was. I'll be there on Friday with a check. Mm-hmm. I showed up with the check. Well, the best story is most people say, oh, I don't know. It was a computer glitch or it was this or that. I just went and said I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I didn't click the right the right indicators. Therefore, you were overcharged. But the point is, I'm coming in here and I'm going to make it right. Mm-hmm. Ironically, um, about two years later, he contacted me to help him do. About the time I became an independent contractor, he called me to ask me to help him do due diligence on a restaurant that he was considering purchasing. So it was about a two and a half million dollar restaurant. We pulled that off. We added a second restaurant to the footprint that actually exceeded that restaurant sales. And now we turned around and opened a third restaurant, currently working on a fourth. So, you know, mistakes happen. Um, but I think that that's one of those situations. I mean, I, transparency, brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I call it, and you said the you said the BS word. I'll say it. They <laughs> they don't want to hear bullshit. <laughs> they what, don't. And you know you're absolutely right. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Keep going. I think one of the funniest things about that was that this you know this gentleman has turned out to be a close personal friend, mm-hmm. as well as a, a you know a, a, a client a partner. 
Uh, but I think one of the funniest, he's a very, very tough, strong negotiator. Fair, but very tough. You, you really don't want to, you don't want to take a knife to a gunfight with him because it's, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're ill-equipped. Yeah. But when I called him to say, I owe you $2,400, he said directly to me, I thought it would be more. And I said, I knew that you would, but it's exactly what it is. <laughs> so in every relationship and any any money transaction, whether it's we we sold furniture to him, uh, restaurant equipment, whatever it is, I tell him what it costs, and he'll always say, "Well, can I get it for less?" And I say, "Why would I tell you? I told you what it costs." So, <laughs> so in other words, it's also a great negotiating. Yeah. Topic. When you say what is what it really is to begin with, and don't BS around and try to. You know, I don't want to negotiate all the time. Life is not about a negotiation. Life's not about, uh, you know, win-win. I know you read yeah. the The compromise is a lose. Yep. So let's just say what, what we're in it for and be done with it. I love it. And, you know, I just – I need to point out um, when you're talking about honesty, transparency, and just integrity, uh, what do those three things – like build to and, and I believe they, they build up to rapport and you can use the story that you told and kind of a, take the same concept and apply it to a uh, you know restaurant or server guest experience where you have you know guests or servers make mistakes and uh, that it happens you can't be perfect all the time but when you make a mistake and you say I messed up I put this in the system wrong I'm so sorry what can I do to make it right but as soon as you own up and confess to your mistake you start to develop that rapport and trust. And people sometimes they just want to hear that you made the mistake and that you want to make it right. And it goes back to what I've learned from Danny Meyer. When you make mistakes, it doesn't, it's, you don't want to make mistakes, but if you make a mistake, you should see that as an opportunity to write the end of the story and to show how much you want to make things right. And you can make mistakes into amazing uh, long-lasting relationships like you have with this gentleman you're talking about. It's all about how you make it right and how you write the end of the story. And that's just a great lesson that we can all take away. So thank you so much for sharing that with us. We have to talk about a failure now. So that was a great success story. Do the same thing. Tell us to a, take us to a time. Tell us a story that you just fell hard on your fanny and how you got back up and what you learned from that experience. Oh, this is a great, this great story is that, um, long about, um, uh, at, at some point, probably about, Close to 30 years ago now, um, I had entered into a partnership with a with with someone, and we developed a restaurant. And the restaurant was actually called Caprizio. Um, we wanted to call it Cacciatori's, but you had already taken that. <laughs> Sorry but about that. <laughs> we entered into this restaurant, and we were very, very successful, extremely successful. And it was a 50-50 partnership. My partner um, never worked. <laughs> he just <laughs> kind of showed up every now and then. And I, I worked day in and day out. Well, at some point, he, um, I had people on the, you know, in the restaurant that worked with me, and I got used to the fact that that he wasn't going to be there all the time. That was fine. Let's go figure out what el- what else we can do. Um, but at some point, he put someone in there close to him that really wasn't good for the business, and it started to really destroy the business. And it, at some point, I just went up to him and I said, "Hey, you know, if if." Um, if this person is going to be here, then I can't. So let's go ahead and dissolve this partnership. So I lost. I didn't lose a lot of money, um, but I, what I did lose is I lost a lot of. I lost a lot of earnings. Yeah. I mean, I lost a lot of future 
earnings. So I kind of walked away from that. And my big lesson in life with anyone who's considering partnership in the restaurant business, 5149, do it on your own or at least do 5149 because somebody has to be in charge. There's too many variables in the restaurant, too many things that could go wrong. And if you can avoid the partnership, avoid the partnership. Get investors as opposed to partners that are silent in the business. If you know what you're doing, and that, that if I had had you know as much money then, um, I wouldn't have had a partner. So mm-hmm. big lesson learned. How do you get back? Well, I went to work for a Denny's for about six months, which is another process. Sarasota, Florida. Worked 24 hours a day, damn near, for six months. Spent three months sitting on the beach reading a book or several, probably a book a week, took off, put my life back together, and went on from there. Awesome. I mean, I mean, what would you, if you could say the one biggest mistake of that was, what would you say it was? I think the biggest mistake was not having clear lines of authority within the business structure itself. You know, who's in charge of what? Mm-hmm. If it wasn't just a 50-50 partnership, we should have said, all right, this is, this is my role, that's your role. You know, we we could have had some bylaw. We when, a we would have in today's day and age we would have went to an LLC or a corporation. Mm-hmm. You know, if things didn't work out, we would have had exit strategies to dissolve yeah. it. Now, I think you know a piece of advice, and this always kind of seems counterintuitive, especially to people that are successful in this industry because we don't like to quit. But you got out, you quit, and sometimes you need to know when to quit. And I think that's a really valuable lesson. Sometimes. People will just stay with it way too long and just dig themselves deeper and deeper and deeper. But you got out and you were able to rebound in only six months by working at a Denny's. I mean, that says something about your vision and your intuition to see when things aren't going in the right direction and to quit while you're still ahead. Um, I'm not saying be a quitter. I'm just saying you have to be able to have that vision and that instinct to get out while you still can. So that's a great lesson to learn from that story. So thank you. Well, no, I have I, I, no. I don't disagree, but I have two quick thoughts on it. Number one, I only went to the Denny's because it was in Sarasota, Florida, and it was just, you know, gorgeous down there. <laughs> um, I don't want to make a big, huge plug for Denny's, but um, if anybody really wants to see what real life looks like in the restaurant <laughs> business, go work in a Denny's because it is it is brutal. I mean, if you can see everything from wherever you stand in the restaurant, lots of process, lots of procedure. Um, Denny's or an IHOP or all those places. Yeah. When you think about how many menu items they actually have, and they do oh, it the man. same way all the time. Ridiculous. Um, but the other part that, that I like to think I preach to a lot of customers, and I try to tell them all the time, business is not an emotional concept. Business is an objective concept. And this restaurant, you know, it has a front door and it has a back door. Mm-hmm. And you decide when to use which. So if the objective criteria tells you it's something's not working then you have to figure out what your exit strategy is going to be and you know it, I, I was at a restaurant last week with um in you know when you go to the door and there's all those pink stickers with the unlawful detainers and the double locks on the front door and salt and pepper shakers still sitting on the table if anybody knows what i'm talking about that's what happens when when you don't pay your lease, mm-hmm. and they go, they take you to court and they lock you out. If anybody's ever seen a locked out restaurant, that's when somebody stayed too long. Mm-hmm. Follow me. Gotcha. Awesome. Great lessons to take away from that story. So we got your failure. We got your story, your it factors. Now it's time. This is my favorite part of the show, Mark. 
for you to drop some big old bombs of knowledge. Are you ready? We're ready. All right. So what advice do you have for funding a restaurant? Funding. Funding. Uh, my number one advice is if you want to start out, if you you want to make a uh, small fortune in the restaurant business, start out with a large one. It, number one, when it comes to funding, you know, I look at external sources and then the internal sources are what I call friends and fools. Um if you don't have enough operating capital to get you through six months to a year, you probably shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see people always talk about the outliers, the bell curve, everything else. But if you don't have what you what you need, what the, a pro forma tells you you need, you shouldn't do it. Yep, absolutely. And uh, I believe uh, I have a book by Steve DeFilippo. It's all about the guests. And he talks, he mentions whatever you think it's going to take, uh, add 50%. And that's probably what it's going to take. Uh, great little piece of advice. You can never have enough capital to get started. And there's always things that are going to happen that you can't project. project. So incredible. Um, what advice do you have for hiring good people? I'd say my number one advice for hiring good people, nobody's essentially starting out for, from scratch in the restaurant business for the most part. I mean, most people open restaurants. But you have to hire – you need to hire the people – that you would want to either wait on you or just engage with you. If you don't feel good about the person as far as their ability to connect with a guest, don't hire them. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, it's it, and I think it goes it goes throughout the organization. Even the folks that you hire in the kitchen, um, do your best you can to hire people that you know could at least direct a customer towards the restroom in a coherent way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's it's such it's a people business. It's a people to people business. You need to have socially intelligent people working for you. That's just the bottom line. So when you find these good people, what do you do to keep them on your team? Make winning a habit. You know, the team was really the key word, but um one of my favorite books in the world is a book called Gung Ho. And it's Ken Blanchard, one of the authors, I forget the other. But it's all about really helping celebrate the successes. It's that's that's what make people want positive reinforcement. Anything that's negative is just what I like to refer to as constructive feedback. Yep. Don't do negatives. Always do positives. Don't make them meaningless platitudes. Make them specific. But you know, from everybody from the utility person all the way to the general manager, find ways to cheer them on as far as their, their accomplishments and always tie that to a guest experience if at ever possible. Absolutely. I mean, this is an industry where positivity is so crucial to the end experience, the consumer, the, the guest. If you're constantly pumping in positive vibes, your servers, your employees, your, your, your people in the kitchen, everyone else is going to be positive and it will eventually trickle down to the end user, the guest, the consumer. So that's very important. Great advice. Uh, what advice do you have on teamwork? Uh, kind of great segue into this question. When you get into the heat of the moment and when things aren't going great, how do you get past it and move on and bring people together? Well, that, that, that's the key word there is teamwork. Yep. And so if you develop leaders, they will, they will foster teamwork. You can't be a leader without a team. The most important part to me is really work. If you're the owner of a restaurant, 
really spend a lot of time on the on the leadership components with your people, they'll develop good teams. Mm-hmm. Your job is to is to give them the tools they need to get it done, foster them, develop them, um, get them some outside training if you need to, get them some mentorship. But you may you build good leaders, you'll you'll get good teams. Absolutely. So I'm kind of excited for this next question, Mark, because you've been talking about how much reading you've done. You've already mentioned one book, Gung Ho, but I'm picturing you sitting on that beach right now with your toes in the sand. What stack of books did you have with you out there in Daytona? Well, I think probably one of the fun one of the ones that sticks in my mind the most is um, the Seven Habits, and that seven habits of highly successful people and great book you read it i read it the first time as if i was reading a get rich quick book believing that it was a get rich quick book and then understood probably after i read it the second time that it's not it's a book based on principles you'll 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 be successful but you'll be successful in your relationships um, I think it helped immensely with roles and goals. Uh, I wrote my mission statement at that time. All of that stuff, just as far as, as getting the core right, nothing has, has improved. Nothing changed my life more than that book. Yeah, and uh, the author of that book, um, Stephen R. Covey. Covey. Yes, yes, Stephen and R. Covey. That's right. I actually went and met him um, at a seminar, and I had um, 2.78 seconds shaking his hand but that was like that was like golden for me i mean you could have brought peyton manning to my house and i would say so <laughs> i'm awesome. not trying to figure out how to throw a football i'm trying to figure out how to be a, a really good person a great person mm-hmm. and leave a legacy for you know um for all that i encounter and that to me is it, you know that, that's a rock star what was your favorite habit i think sharpen the saw mm-hmm. um sharpen the saw is huge um, because what that does is in, to sharpen the saw for those who haven't heard it. It's just continual, continuous learning. You talked about Kaisan early on. Um, that's it. Get up every day um, and start with a purpose on putting fueling, fueling the monster, if you will. The monster is knowledge. Get more knowledge at every opportunity. Create more engagements at every opportunity. Learn something from everybody you meet. Life is great. Sharpen the saw, but that's what I'm about. Absolutely. And for you folks at home, if you want to check out these books we're talking about, uh, he, uh, Mark had mentioned Gung Ho. I have not read that book, but I'm going to pick it up. I know that Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you can find that in audio version. Um, I'll, I'll have the links in the show notes. Uh, if, you, if you're one of those people that say you don't have the time to read, I mean, audiobooks, in my opinion are the best thing for restaurant professionals who have that busy lifestyle because you can do anything while you're listening to an audiobook and you like he says like mark mentions you got to sharpen the saw and you do it by reading and educating yourself and always pushing yourself to take it to the next step so if you're listening to this uh head over to the show notes www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 83 you'll find all the links to the resources we're talking about today and you owe it to yourself to sharpen the saw the saw so pick these books up and uh you know try to take it to the next level um so the next question i have for you mark let's talk a little bit about marketing what advice do you have uh for marketing in this industry number one build your brand from the inside out and what i mean by that is be as good as you could be on the inside i think advertising print and a lot of other things trying to tell people how wonderful you are Mm -hmm. um, just doesn't get it if you're not wonderful exactly 
I love it. And I think one of the things that's really important about being building a brand is building an authentic brand. Because if you build a brand that is basically a, you, if you're building what you are, it's going to be a lot easier. And it's going to be much easier for you to stay true to that brand. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, my thought is that what, what we're looking for is we're looking for genuineness mm-hmm. with brand. I think the... Um, I don't like to call them consumers. I call them John and Jane Q public, but yeah, people yeah. in general, wow. I mean, look at the, what technology has done to the presentation and commercials and print and web yeah. and, and all of the things. It could make um, you know anything look great. Um, I'm often reminded of these great pictures I see on these websites of the food and everything else. And you go to the restaurant, and there's nothing like that because mm-hmm. they've hired a professional photographer and a website designer yeah all folks and, and they, they created a great facade but on the inside they really weren't getting it absolutely what tools would you suggest for marketing well the tools the tools for marketing is number one the menu mm-hmm. and you know the menu has been around since before the typewriter we know that uh, and i'm pretty old to remember what a typewriter looked like but the most important the thing that people want to know is what's on your menu Mm-hmm. And what I see as a marketing tool um, or, or an engagement tool or an awareness tool, whatever you want to call it, the, the number of restaurants that don't have control of their menu inside the restaurant or even online um, today, many restaurants will have old menus that are being proliferated by um, sites that they don't have any control of or refuse to take control over. Yeah. Yelp, and Spoon, TripAdvisor. Yeah. Yeah, their menus are splashed out all over, and they're not even their menus anymore. Exactly. Can you think of any good resources to use or refer to to make that menu that you're talking about That's that will be your selling point? Yeah, baby. It's called OpenMenu.com. OpenMenu.com. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So let's talk a little bit about the new technologies that are coming into this industry every day. As restaurant owners and professionals working 80 hours a week, it's so hard to stay on top of it all. That's why I have this question, which is what's one restaurant technology that has your attention that you'd be willing to give an objective review on? Well, you know, it depends on whether you want to tell, you don't want to get into the, the point of sale discussions mm-hmm. as much, but I think the, the one technology that, is above and beyond everything else at this point is the ability to take reservations on your own through next table mm-hmm. uh, and not so it fits into my build your brand my second rule was never ever subordinate your brand my third rule was never ever discount so you know from a technology perspective um, many things have open table has solved the problem that we didn't know we had and, and ultimately sold for about $2.6 billion. Yeah. Um, but it's all about that open table brand and it's less about your brand. So I think there's got to be a transition now to go with solutions that promote, that allow you to control your brand and not, not become a surrogate to someone else's brand. So just let me make sure I understand this correctly. Next table is a online uh, reservations resource that allows you to apply your brand. So people, yeah, get not only, so it's unique to you. And so not only is it, um, is it a great, um, reservations tool? It's a wait list tool. It's an inbound tool for, you know, the customer emails and what have you, but it's yours. Mm-hmm. Um, it's powered by next table, but next table 
is not Yelp. Got it. Uh, yeah, it's all about you. Cool. Awesome. Um, so the next question I have for you is what is your best business advice for somebody getting into this industry? And I think the number one advice I would give them, give to anybody is it probably goes back to what you said about the investment and whatever you think that's going to be, double it. Well, the investment is really the knowledge. Whatever you think you, you need to know, go ahead and double it. Mm-hmm. Find out some more before you go diving into it. I've got a LinkedIn profile that I've actually got, I don't know, close to 5,000 LinkedIn connections. But I, I take great pride in linking with um, the young folks, some of the folks in chef schools, some of the assistant managers, um, people, because – I feel like they're at least in a spot where they're gaining some knowledge more than just going to work every day. Absolutely. Awesome. You'll be sure to uh, get at least one more LinkedIn professional after today's interview because I know I'm going to be finding you shortly. Um, So what is one question, Mark, that I could have asked you to make this interview more valuable? You know, I've been thinking about that one since about 530 this morning. (laughs) And – you know, I think that, I mean, I'm great at giving honest and, and, and thoughtful feedback, but you have me stumped on that one. I, I know how to talk a lot, but I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I did work extremely hard. I'm always trying to improve upon it. I think this is like the third or fourth outline I have since I've got started, uh, and I'm sure it will change again. So uh, if any of you guys at home can think of something I can do, a question I can ask to add more value to this interview process, just let me know. I've asked all the questions, Mark. This is where I give you an opportunity to call somebody out. Who is one person in this industry, preferably an indie restaurant owner, that you admire and think would be a great contribution in addition to the show? Well, you got me on that one because, um, you know, I have so many of them that I look at. But what, what, this is not necessarily a restaurant owner or an independent. This is a guy named Aaron Allen at AaronAllen.com. He's a worldwide consultant for restaurants. This guy, I've gained so much knowledge from him just by what he gives out every day. And if you hadn't looked at it, he's at QMG on Twitter. He doesn't pay me. I'm, this is an un, unsolicited endorsement. He does a great job. All right. Aaron Allen, I'm coming after you. I'd be honored if you'd come on the show. And uh, give yourself a plug, Mark. How can the listeners at home connect with you? Maybe list your email if you would like or your website and your LinkedIn connection. Lay it all out there for us. I'm, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of um, at Food Show on Twitter, F-O-O-D-S-H-O. Um, uh, LinkedIn um, at Restaurant Coach, all one word. LinkedIn, Restaurant Coach. Um, Facebook. I mean, you're going to get me anywhere. My, my email address is M-A-R-K at Food Show, F-O-O-D-S-H-O dot com. Awesome. And all these links to the ways you can connect with Mark will be in the show notes, along with links to the resources and books we talked about, www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 83. Check that out. Mark, thank you so, so much for taking the time and energy to be a guest mentor on the show. You have served us all invaluable advice, and we are all a little bit more unstoppable because of it. Uh, Thank you so much. My pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. Is this episode going to go over 40 minutes? Yep. Was it completely worth it? Yep. Mark Moreno, man, 
You had some incredible advice for us today. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to just mentor us and share your wisdom with us and your stories. I know I'm better, and I'm sure everyone at home is too. I mean, it's going on 40 minutes, so I'll keep this quick, but I need to just point out some of the advice you had. Uh, protect yourself. Uh, you know, you got to think when you're going into these businesses and when you're opening a restaurant, what business entity are you, gonna, are you going to adopt? Are you going to be a limited liability company, an LLC or a sole proprietor? I mean, you have to have some protection there. Uh, he mentions, he alludes that he would have been smarter about that. So take the time, do the due diligence and do the research and uh, protect yourself. Give yourself back doors. This is one of the lessons I learned as a commercial pilot, the four B's. Uh, bottom lines, briefings, backdoors, and backups. Uh, what is a backdoor? It's a way out. You need to have a way out. Make sure you always have a way out before getting committed. Uh, he suggests doing the 5149. Uh, that's good advice. You need to have control of the situation. I'm rushing if you can't tell. Trying to convince people how to... Okay, yeah, this is cool. Um, I, I'm sorry, I'm reading my notes if you can't tell. So, it's all about authenticity, right? We talk about what you need to do to market yourself. Um, I mean, you can't convince people you're wonderful unless you are wonderful. This is exactly why this podcast isn't just a business podcast, and it's a personal growth podcast. Because in order to grow your business... You need to grow yourself first. And I love that he just, he you know, he points that out. And you can't expect your business to be any more wonderful than you are. So if you want to be in a business that's wonderful, first be wonderful. Awesome advice. Really, really, I just love that. And his last piece of advice, he talks about investment. When we talked about investment during the show, like, if you're going to open a restaurant, you need to have double of whatever it is capital that you need to open that restaurant. But also, whatever knowledge you think you need, double it. And that's exactly why I started this podcast. Because I'm passionate about the hospitality industry, but I needed to learn more. I knew there wasn't enough knowledge in my dome, and I just needed to stuff it with more knowledge and that's why I went out and started connecting with people to ask the questions, to share the answers with you, not only for myself to absorb, but I, I, I wanted to create this resource because I couldn't find it. And that's why I'm here doing this, trying to expand upon my knowledge. Uh, I'm learning so much. I hope you guys are too at home. So uh, one last thing before I let you go. He did mention the seven habits of highly effective people. I dedicated a whole podcast episode to this book. It's episode 58. I recorded it way back in July. But head over to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 58 to check out that book. Uh, great book. You can get it on audio. Don't forget. Uh, you can get this book for free by going to www.audibletrial.com slash unstoppable. It's a free version of the book. If you guys haven't discovered the power of audio resources, I know you have because you're listening to this podcast, but check out audiobooks. I mean, it's changed my life, and I'm sure it will change yours. Um, so take it to the next level. Uh, double your knowledge. Do it by pushing yourself every day. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Uh, I know that I enjoyed listening to Mark. Uh, it was incredible. So until next time, peace out.